When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Another episode of Horror Movie Night. Adam has been run over by a remote control lawnmower. Scott's in his garage just trying to piece him back together any way he can. And I'm mad that he keeps blowing up my prostitutes. We're going to be talking about Frankenhooker tonight on Horror Movie Night. Frankenhooker was picked by a listener. Uh, this one came in. Oh, from, I thought Adam picked this. No, this one came in from a girl named Jessica. Frankenhooker is actually my least favorite film by this by this filmmaker. Really? Yeah. Your least favorite. Um, I feel like we've had this conversation before, and I've been like as floored every time. And don't get me wrong, I like Frankenhooker, but compared to, I, well, first of all, I've never seen Bad Biology, but. I oh. like I like the the three basket case movies and Brain Damage more than I like Frankenhooker. No uh, way. I, I'm going to have to argue that that like Frankenhooker is as good or better than Basket Case Two and absolutely better than Basket Case Three. But it's definitely not better than Brain Damage, which is his masterpiece, and probably the only <laughs> one of his movies that I would never do a horror movie night episode on because it's too legitimately good. To well, we also already did a. Horror Club. Reddit Horror Club, yeah. yeah. Were you yeah, on that got... episode, Adam, or did you just listen? Yeah, we blew his mind, remember? I wasn't on it, but I did send in a write-in where I was like, here's a question. How did he get the serum in his brain? How did that happen? Because they don't show it in the movie 85 fucking times. <laughs> <laughs> they took like two shots of that, and then they were like, uh, we really need to stretch this out. We can't have, this isn't a full moon uh, pictures release, so uh, let's just put it in 60 times. Oh, but, man, so much padding. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, if you're a fan of Frankenhooker and you haven't seen Brain Damage, you should just, like, definitely get on that. So this movie opens up with Jeffrey Franken, who literally is referred to as his full name, Jeffrey, the entire movie. Never never shortened to Jeff, which 
is weird to me. But Jeff is that's that's weird. Yep, not the part that he has a brain with an eye in it that everybody is cool with. Yeah, so he has this brain with an eye just chilling in a jar. They're not cool with it. They think it's a little weird. They think it's slightly socialize. He's a he's a doctor in his spare time and has even attempted to staple his fiance's stomach a few times. And this is where we're introduced to Elizabeth. And her horrible Jersey accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got to get the, uh, the accent guy up in yeah. here. It's so you staple your stomach. <laughs> like it's, this movie gets right to the point. For some reason, in my mind, I remembered the remote control lawnmower death happening like 10, 15 minutes into the movie. But nope, that's like right in the first yeah, I think five minutes. minutes of exposition in the fam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally all of the dialogue at the party is just like, we're engaged. He does things. He's a doctor. Remote control lawnmower. I'm dead. Like, that's like the two minutes. Well, this movie doesn't have time to waste, man. It's like an hour and five minutes long. It's got to fucking get into it. Are you complaining about a short film to watch for this group? No, no I was not complaining at all. Can I let you guys in on a secret? You love I this movie? I fucking hate this movie. Oh, yeah. I hate it. Oh, I thought this is a movie you love for some I, reason. I seriously thought that you were going to be like, this movie's great. I, and I picked it for this, this, and this reason. So I really thought that you picked this movie. It's definitely because you picked Brain Damage in... in uh, Red Horror Club. But, wow, I'm so sad and disappointed right now. <laughs> yeah, you would think that this movie would be right up my alley, but I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is so fucking dumb. <laughs> uh, the thing is, is that it, you, it, I can't imagine you not loving this because it's got crack cocaine and hookers. <laughs> Two of your favorite things. There's a scene with a pile of titties. <laughs> Literally a pile of titties. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I think you need to rethink this. <laughs> so, so while while Adam rethinks his decisions, uh, Jeffrey becomes obsessed with bringing Elizabeth back from the dead, which includes, among other things, him mumbling about a mole throughout the entire opening sequence of this movie. Like, I had the volume cranked, so I'm, like, listening to him mumble and mutter to himself, and every couple of seconds, he's just like, and that mole, gotta get rid of that mole. It was like fucking Rain Man talking about checking out Wapner. Like, he was fucking obsessed uh, with this mole. I don't feel like that's too far off. He's obviously autistic. Maybe not Maybe not Rain Man level, yeah. but he's definitely, like, got some social issues and is a goddamn genius. Yeah. So it's like his superpower, but also his super weakness. Um, I love the part where he's like, he just deadpan looks at, at, like off the screen at his mom when she's like, you just need to find a new girlfriend. And he's like, and she's like, what about you go back to medical school? He's like, medical school upsets me, mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we're talking about a guy who drills into his brain so that he can brainstorm better. <sighs> that is so funny. Okay, so this is the second time I've seen this movie. And... The first time I was a little nonplussed because you can't go back from brain damage like yeah. you said. And Basket Case is also pretty amazing. I was I was like, you know, this I'll give this movie a second chance, like fresh start. And I'm watching it and I'm laughing my balls off. It's so much funnier. Like when 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 he's drilling his head, I'm like, what? There's I forgot about the, him giving himself lobotomies. It's, it's, this movie's so weird, but it's great. I really, I can't imagine why Adam doesn't it, like this movie. Adam, so, explain yourself. Well, it's weird, right? Like, I like Cannon Lauder. I like Basket Pace. I love fucking Brain Damage. And I enjoyed Bad Biology, too. But for some, this movie just turns me right off for some reason. Like, the comedy doesn't oh, hit for sexy. me. Oh, it's not sexy. No, 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 it's not a matter of it, yeah. Oh, come on, you you mean that distached piles of boobs aren't supposed to turn me on? Um well, no, but, but the part where he's measuring all the girls and, like, he, they're all, like, there's a, there's, 
you know, they're standing in a, in a line on the bed and he's like between all their legs and it just shows all their butt cracks. You know, like I, I can't see that scene not a, appealing to your demographic. Well, I, I, speaking speaking as the the lone cast member who doesn't get laid on the regular, <laughs> I was all, I was all about those scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the lingerie, like eighties lingerie is the worst thing ever. They're, it's not that those women aren't attractive; it's just that that lingerie is like it gives everyone a droopy butt. Awful. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard not to look like a worn-out hooker when you're wearing that lingerie. <laughs> or when you're in a Frank Hannenlotter film. Yeah, I yeah, don't think I don't think Frank's pulling top quality titty in uh, his casting call. Listen, this is no trauma, all right? Yeah, where the, boobs, where the boobs. boobs are slapping the kneecaps in some scenes. Can we really quick talk about two amazing quotes that happen almost back-to-back when Jeffrey rewatches the news report on Elizabeth's death, I, I wrote down two different quotes from that news broadcast because the one line was "sent her personality raining down upon the party guests," <laughs> and the other one said, "and it turned her into a salad." But this salad's name was Elizabeth. <laughs> yes, oh my God, that line is great. Uh, this is only the second time I've ever seen this as well. The first time I saw this, I was like kind of just getting into horror movies, and my little brother bought it off of a friend. And it was that big box VHS cover that when you press the button, it would go, what a date? And, uh, what? I didn't, such a thing? Yeah. Amazing. I didn't know what the fuck I, I was watching, and I really didn't like the movie, and it put me off. I felt like dirty. Wide. Like I was just like, this is gross. And I'd already oh, yeah. seen... And I already seen Basket Case and Basket Case 2, so like I kind of knew what I was stepping into because it said like from the director of Basket Case, and it just was super off-putting to me. But this time around, I liked it a lot more than I did, you know, almost 15 years ago seeing it as a kid. Hey, give we both still feel dirty after watching it. Oh yeah, but... <laughs> no, and we'll get to the end. the 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 last like five ten minutes is so like weirdly unsettling to me for some reason. But <laughs> really, we'll get... like that's the most unsettling part of the movie. Okay, uh, we'll get into it. I don't know why, but I just remember that like really fucked me up when I watched it as a kid. Um, so Jeffrey's been keeping pieces of Elizabeth in a tank in his garage, which is like. Four times the size inside than it is on the outside. It's like straight out of freak. But he knows that a huge storm is coming in two days, so he quickly begins his plan wait, to reassemble Elizabeth with fresh. Wait, parts. wait, you're missing the pack. The, the part where he he takes her out of the purple water, takes her head to dinner, feeds her wine, and I was like, is this dinner at Matt's house or what? <laughs> yep. That's why I was trying to skip over it. I didn't want people to get the inside view of what my life is like. Listen, everybody that actually takes the time to listen to us every week. I hung out with Matt for a weekend uh, last spring, and this is indeed exactly how dinner went. (laughs) (laughs) So Jeffrey decides he's going to go to the seedy part of town to find the perfect prostitute that replaced Elizabeth. So, So that's pretty much, at this point, we start to really get into the plot of the movie, which is like 30 minutes into the hour and 10 minute film. This is when we introduce Zorro. The pimp. Who, oh my god. He's who, fucking Duke on steroids. He is. He is. He is jacked up Duke. He gives Jeffrey the ability to, to literally examine every single prostitute until he chooses the one that he likes the most. Because at this point, I guess Jeff's plan is just like kill the prostitute, cut off her head, sew Elizabeth's head on there. But I think he was going to still use her hand and her foot, whatever was left over. Yeah, which is weird. Like I, I feel like at that point you might as well just go for it. 
headotomy or whatever. Oh, you know, can we talk about one thing? Because I, I, I skipped, I skipped over this. In the beginning, they just keep talking about how fat Elizabeth is, and she is the most they, average-sized person in. The, like, okay, no, I, I want to disagree there. Like, I think that what they did was they, well, they obviously put her in a a, a very unattractive outfit, and then they they padded the outfit. They really, she she's supposed to look chubby, and and it it's fine, it worked, but. Yeah, it was. You could tell that it was a fat suit because she is like super fit when she's the Frankenhooker. She looks great as the Frankenhooker. Also, I laughed so much harder at her stupid fucking lines this time. Like, this party, really party. <laughs> no, the part when she's just like every line that she says before she gets her head re-sewn on and is like normal Elizabeth again um, is hilarious because it's about. Twice as loud as it normally should be. And for some reason, that just really did it for me. I was just like laughing so hard because her volume control was off. One of the, well, we'll get there in a second, but one of the things that I like the most is after being like struck by lightning, unlike any other Frankenstein story, she somehow is no longer strapped to the table and is already standing and, up and ready. Yeah, and also, where'd those clothes and, and the, the Franken boots come from? Their hair like, mysteriously turns purple. Purple. After being well, <laughs> I guess that makes sense because it was purple. The, the purple, the yeah, the purple liquid, which is supposed to be estrogen based. I guess purple makes sense that way, doesn't it? I mean, it's Frank Hennen Lauder. Are we really gonna? argue these fight, things fight over this so this is where it gets even more ridiculous is that jeffrey decides to build a special type of extra addictive crack that'll cause you to explode <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh no it gets weird and then it gets weirder when he uses it on the guinea pig because he's talking to the guinea pig telling her that it's she's sexy or that the guinea pig is sexy and that he would sleep with the guinea pig now, I mean, I figured he was a little off before that, but now I know he's insane. Oh, you know that guinea pig has been in his ass on more than one occasion. <laughs> Richard Gere, the movie. <laughs> the best part of the whole, like, super crack is that they're comically large. Like, those crack rocks are the size of hailstones in Texas. <laughs> Show me another movie with comically large crack rocks. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> See, Adam, this is why you need to love the movie, the comedically large crack rocks. Oh, Listen, and the I part- saw it last goddamn night. And I did not- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How sober were you when you watched it, though? This might be the make or break. Too sober. I was completely sober watching it both times, and, and I really I enjoyed it. It felt like I was high. Uh, the, the, the best line of the movie that isn't the Frankenhooker's line is when the girls see the Ziploc bag full of hailstone crack, and they go, oh, my God, it's drugs! Yeah. <laughs> Dude, out. the like, excitement nobody- level is intense over those drugs so uh, hyped up so so scott i have a challenge for you for for survivor girl crack rocks all right no, no no for survivor girl i need you to write a song about frankenhooker but i need it to start off with the quote from jeffrey when the girls turn on the radio and he goes no no not the devil's music <laughs> you got it buddy remind me in like six months when i start writing again oh my god but yeah so the girls all start exploding and there's i'm gonna say <laughs> there's a few not a ton but there's like one or two where the cut between the actress and mannequin is like legitimately impressive. Like it's Yeah, it, for Frank and a lot of absolutely. Yeah. Then there's other ones where it's horrible, but the hardest <laughs> I left 
in this entire movie is Zoro getting hit by a flying prostitute head. Oh, man, I actually found that really funny, too. Like, when they <laughs> slow motion show it, and then he, like, <laughs> like falls down backwards. That's the only time I thought that that, car- that, that man in real life had a sense of humor. <laughs> but yes, that guy uh, just loves fucking HGH and, and just coke and some slapstick. This That's movie, all he loves. This movie is so insulting to prostitutes honestly like like the depiction of the frankenhooker it's just like crack sex money <laughs> nothing else like there's nothing else to their personality and when jeffrey's like i don't have any money she just punches him and goes off to start hooking like immediately <laughs> well I, I don't know if you can really make a social commentary about this movie being um offensive, offensive to, to to prostitutes because we're talking about a reanimated dead body that just remembers bits and pieces of the last 24 hours of its multiple lives. It's not like a sentient being until it gets its head knocked off its block and then gets taken home and shocked back to life a second time. But then eventually Franken, Frankenhooker uh, starts hooking and uh, the first yeah. guy, pretty much anyone that she, <laughs> she fucks blows up. But this guy, she's holding his head in her hands, and, and he's just like, that was fantastic. Also, that's how I imagine I look when I look at my wife when I'm, like, in the mood. Just, like, so creepy and <laughs> ugly. And then you drop God. that winning opening line of, do you like Kurt Vonnegut? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did that this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you do it every morning, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Only the days I don't want to be played. <laughs> So every morning. Jeffrey captures Elizabeth, takes her back. Wait, wait, wait. You're missing a great line. Okay. Where guy – okay, so she she electrocute explodes creepy 50-year-old fat dude. Yeah. He enjoys it as he expires. Then she goes out of the room, the, the hotel room, which, by the way, this had to have been filmed in the exact same um, – hotel as basket case because it's so seedy it has to be the same place well that's like his Uh, thing he loves showing how seedy and shitty new york is in all of his movies yeah yeah Uh, even bad biology you haven't seen it but it's it's more of the same except it's i think it's supposed to be in a smaller town doesn't matter anyway so this guy corners her and in an incredibly rapey line goes how about i stick my tongue down your throat he definitely deserved to die. Yeah. This movie, it actually, as much as you think that it's, like, critical of prostitution, it's kind of like proto-feminist. As feminist as Frank Henenlotter is going to get because you've got the people on TV that are talking about how women can only sell their bodies and, and, and then, you know, like, all these prostitutes, they die, but then they do get a little bit of revenge upon these shitty uh, Johns, and then they get revenge on Zorro a- after they all meld into creepy body horror creatures. Yeah, so so that's where we're at. Actually, is is Jeffrey takes Elizabeth back to his house and he performs like a brain scramble to make her normal again. And he explains to her like why he did this, and he shows her kind of where the plans are on how he created her because that's important. And then Zorro just comes in and kills Jeffrey right then and there. But then he is knocks his block off. Knocks his block off like that little clown and killer clowns from outer space. And then don't talk about that movie. Adam hates it. I know. God damn it, Adam. (laughs) Uh, Zorro is then attacked by mutated body parts of all the hookers because Jeffrey 
has has kind of changed his whole tune about what he's going to be doing in the middle of the movie and decides he doesn't want to kill anybody. So when all these hookers explode, he's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm going to put all of you back together, I promise. And he, he you know, starts storing their body parts in that, that purple liquid that's going to keep them fresh. He wakes up to find out that his head has been placed on the body of a woman. And I don't know why, but that really freaked me out as a kid. For some reason, <laughs> and it and, still makes you feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel a little uncomfortable, but uh, like at the end, at the end of the day, like let's let's be honest. In theory, this is only like a temporary issue because, like, if Jeffrey's that smart, he can just figure out a male-based, you know, no, like a non-estrogen-based. Yeah, that was so stupid. Stuff. The whole time that I was watching this, he's like, "Oh, it's an estrogen-based liquid. I can only do this, this to women's bodies." And I was like, "All right, well, swap out the estrogen for testosterone and let's fucking go." Like, yeah, what are we? Yeah. What are we looking for here? Take Zorro's jacked-up body, put your head on there, and then you're like buff dude with hot prostitute monster. Like, I, I don't know. I see a happy ending <laughs> I, I in this think movie. That the whole point, though, is that it's a twisted happy ending. That's the whole point. <laughs> I don't know. Jeff doesn't look too happy in the end of this movie. <laughs> he, she, he got a great body. I don't know what body she found, but I mean, yeah, she's got she's play. got this weird combination of all a bunch of other people's bodies, but she's apparently found one just perfect. I'm pretty sure that that she just went out and killed somebody. It's possible. Modern it's Frank Henenlotter. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but that's a uh, Frank and Hooker. Two two out of three of us enjoyed it. Really shocked by that, to be honest. I, that shocks me still. I'm not going to be offended. He doesn't get I, offended. Yeah, no, I don't it, give a shit. That's true. It just shocks me. This does seem like, and you even said so, like, this seems like a movie that should be up your alley, but it just doesn't. It really does. It feels like it should be, but it's a, it's like a comedy, right? And a comedy, there's really no middle ground when it comes to comedy. Either you just like it, yeah, you like or, you it just, or you don't, you don't yeah. get it. And I, and I, so so you said you like the, the flying hooker head in Zorro's face. Was there anything else that you're like, oh, that's kind of cool, or were you just kind of straight up, man, I hate this fucking movie? <laughs> oh, well, I was pretty excited that when she goes to have sex with the like 50-year-old gross guy, uh, she has purple nipples, which I didn't know I wanted in my life, but apparently <laughs> I brought I do. Everything has um, a purple and, motif in this movie. Nah, you know, there's just, there's so much of this that did not hit for me. I actually, I watched it with somebody last night that doesn't really watch a lot of horror movies, and they loved it. They thought it was fucking hilarious. So it's just me. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, well, just me and any me consolation, alone. this is usually the issue with you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Alright, so what did you guys watch this week? I have one movie that I want to mention. It's on Netflix, and it had been on my queue for forever. And finally gave it a go because somebody on Reddit, our movies said that it, they had some list of great, great sci-fi flicks, and it was on there. I was like, oh, okay, I guess it doesn't look as bad as it, I guess it isn't as bad as it looks. It's called The Machine, and it's basically ex machina, but with more action. Um, and it has uh, uh, Katie Lotz in it, uh, as the, I think that's her name, the, um, as the titular machine android woman. 
She is Black Canary in uh, Arrow and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, she's White Canary in Legends of Tomorrow. So she's in the the CW DC TV shows. Uh, that's what I know her from, and uh, she kicks ass in in those, and she kicks some ass in that movie. It was worth watching. Um, it wasn't as good as the guy on Reddit said it would be, but I give him credit, and I feel bad for it because it came out probably a year, or at least was in production before Ex Machina came out. So it's not like they stole the idea, or or you know, like we're riding the coattails. But yeah, it's not as good. Right. Somebody just did it way better. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's hard when you have Alicia Vikander in it. What's her name? Uh-huh. Allison Vikander. Uh, the woman in Ex Machina um, and the Danish girl, and she's now the new uh, Tomb Raider. It's hard not to have a just awesome film with her in it because she's just an amazing actress. So, I mean... Kitty Lots, sorry, but you'll never be the better killer machine. I watched a movie on Netflix that is just a legitimately good, scary horror film that I recommend to people uh, called Hush. My friend had been telling me to watch it. I had heard about it on a bunch of podcasts, so I finally decided to watch it. And it's a uh, it's a home invasion movie, but it's a home invasion movie where the main character is uh, a deaf mute. So she has no clue that someone is in her house. Oh, it's it's an homage to uh, uh what's that? Do not recall uh, if it was an homage to anything. I just know that it's it's interesting because it's you know this woman who's deaf and mute. So there's very little dialogue or or even uh, musical cues. It's it's very quiet throughout the whole film, and uh, this dude is just kind of much like uh, in the Strangers or You're Next is just going house to house and killing people, and he arrives at her house. And realizes that she can't hear him and decides that, like, instead of just simply going in and killing her, he's actually going to have fun and start, like, fucking with her. And, like, there's just a bunch of really creepy moments and it's it's just kind of it, it gets slow at parts but all in all, it's just a really good movie that um, also, like the movie You're Next, has has that moment where, where the the girl who is your main character goes from being like I don't know what to do into straight up like I'm a fucking badass mode. I like that. Uh, and she has this like cuz there's a scene early in the movie where she establishes Don't give too much away. I won't give too much away, but there's a scene early on where she establishes that like cuz she used to be able to hear uh and then she lost her hearing and she's a writer and someone says like well how do you write and she's like I hear the dialogue in in my head through my mom like she says that in sign language or whatever. Uh so there's a scene where she's extra panicked and all of a sudden, her mom is just kind of walking around her, just like breaking down, like, well, you can't go out the windows because of this. You can't go out the doors because of this. You can't, like, and just kind oh, this of like. sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a really fucking dope scene. You do have to sit through a couple slow scenes, but all in all, it's definitely worth watching. I had a lot of fun with Hush. It's on my Netflix queue, too. Um, the the movie that it definitely is, I, it's not an homage to, it's it's copying a lot of the same concept. It's called Wait Until Dark. It's not a Hitchcock movie, but Audrey Hepburn was in it. It's from 1967. I highly recommend you check it out, Matt, if you haven't ever heard of that movie. It's really yeah, I've good. never heard of that, so I'll check that out. How about you, Adam? What, what, what did you watch and or what cartoons did you enjoy? <laughs> I, of course, have my usual regimen of cartoons and uh, HBO. I like how he calls it a regimen. Ooh, that's, HBO. What did you watch yeah, on HBO? H- HBO's back up and running with the Game of Thrones and with uh, Silicon Valley. 
So I've been ripping through the new episodes of those. A lot of really exciting shit going on in Game of Thrones that I'm happy about. Really, I haven't watched a whole lot. I've been on just a real kick of, like, YouTube videos. It's hard to really talk about YouTube videos without just being like, here's a link. So that was Frankenhooker from 1990. You know, as we said, some of us liked it, some of us didn't. That's fine, but just remember that this one was sent to us by a listener. Thank you, Jessica, for recommending it. You guys should absolutely 100% be sending us emails at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. We do read every email. We do take things into consideration. Um, and in some cases, we'll even send you an email. Example is that someone contacted us recently. He wanted us to do the movie Zombievers. We said, fuck no, we already did Zombievers. <laughs> that episode was garbage. But because we had recorded it for the previous podcast, I shot him an email with that previous episode. So he could at least listen to what a Zombievers episode would have sounded like. And uh, he but. seemed to enjoy it. So that's good for him. Uh, we, did, we didn't enjoy it, nor the movie. But that is uh, for another episode. We will be back next week. Uh, we'll be screaming and excited about one of the most batshit sequels to any horror franchise. So check in for that when that happens. Uh, and also make sure you're rating and reviewing us on iTunes. And again, send us some emails, hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Wait, what what movie did we just watch like a couple weeks ago where they shoot up the the nude extra Blood Diner. Blood Diner. Blood, oh. Oh, and that gets me into my next note. Yeah. The everything the the the, the naked women in Blood Diner are so much less attractive than the naked women in Frankenhooker, if we're really going by like how unsexy the sexy stuff is. Uh but also when he's going to go look for the women. When Jeffrey is looking for the women, he actually – he's driving down the street and he says, this is like a buffet. And I was like, blood diner! <laughs> <laughs> a blood buffet! <laughs> Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 